When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, here we go. We back, back, back with another one. Uh, gentlemen, how y'all feeling? Hey, yo. Houston, <laughs> <laughs> we have a problem. Yes! What's up, brothers? Brother Brian. How you doing? <laughs> we got Brother Hugh. We got the real Dwayne Allen. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what we do. Um, you said it first, realness. Um, last time we was here, we uh because we missed last week's show, a lot of stuff going on. We, quite frankly, you know, it's all good. But um, unfortunately, we lost the bad guy, Razor Ramon. So I want to give both of y'all an opportunity to reflect if that's what y'all want to do. Man, By all means. My favorites, man. We had this discussion uh, not too long ago, Brian. We was talking about uh, what got you into wrestling or what's like your, your first wrestling moment that you or your first wrestling memory. And what did I tell you? The Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels ladder match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I remember. And, like, I've always been a huge Razor Ramon fan. Um, not too much Scott Hall when he went to uh, the other brand, WCW. But he was still my guy either way. Um, I loved him, man. Like, he was he was, he was a smart guy. He was very, very influential in the wrestling business. And they definitely missed, we're definitely going to miss him, so. Yeah. How about you, Verona? Yeah, man, Razor Ramon was uh he was a he was a childhood staple in my house. You know what I mean? My you know, I will always talk about that. My first my first real memories of professional wrestling when I was younger, younger is, you know, kind of telling behind my brother. Razor Ramon was one of those characters that you saw, you know, in the toy chest. You saw him on the magazine, you saw him on the tapes and then on Saturday mornings. And then uh, you know, the rest is history as he moved on to WCW. Uh, and even after WCW, um, Razor Ramon was always one of my, he, he was my Barry Wyndham. You know what I mean? He was always oh. a big, I was a bigger guy, right? And, you know, everybody, mm-hmm. if anybody knows me, they know that I, I, my dream was always to be a professional wrestler. And, uh, you know, he was one of the guys that I always looked up to because he was a taller guy. He was a bigger guy. And he was, he always had a reputation for being able to work with everybody, um, to work multiple styles in the ring, you know, but also have, you know, the charisma to sell. He would have the most he would have some of the silliest moments 
but uh i mean it, it just he he always found a way to be entertaining I'm, I'm talking about a real mind for the business even after he left um wwe back in 2002 when he got released he was you know he was in rough shape i followed him all the way to like tna you know i, I remember his match with uh is a NWA world title match with Ron the Truth Killings. You know, the, the angle was trying to tease the fact that maybe Scott Hall would finally have a chance to have a to hold a world title, you know, and it was a selling point for TNA in the early years and they were still doing things in Nashville mm-hmm. um, at the asylum. You know what I mean? And then just, you know, he was, he was a guy I would go and watch his indie stuff, you know, even when he wasn't in the best shape. That's how much of a Scott Hall fan I was, you know. Yeah. There were certain there were certain guys that I was uh, just fans of outside of WWE that I always, as long as they were being themselves, I always, you know, I was I would gravitate towards those guys no matter where they were. Sean Walton was another one. Um, Billy Gunn is another one. You know what I mean? Those are guys that I always follow. And Scott Hall was right in the mix of it. Um, I think the biggest thing about Scott Hall was uh, that he had an opportunity to kind of change his life around. You know, his obvious mistakes in the past was enough to you know, causes body to deteriorate and take a toll on his life. But I think the fact that he mentally got himself in a better place, that he got himself spiritually in a better place, you know, as a as a believer in Christ myself, I can appreciate that, you know, he had that opportunity to do that early on. You know, although, you know, Shawn Michaels and all those other guys, they'd be the first to tell you he wasn't the kind of guy to wear his faith on his sleeve because he didn't want to be judged, you know, right. for his past. But it was well documented that he had gotten himself together. So, you know, just knowing I get a chance to eventually meet him one day is, um, you know, something to look forward to. But that's the part to me that he was able to get himself together. We were able to give him his flowers while he could still smell them. You know, he's a two-time WWE Hall of Famer. You know, he said he had he got to have one last WrestleMania moment with the NWO and WCW when they, they faced off against when Sting and Triple H faced off at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he, he got to do his own, his own documentaries. He's got to do, he got to tell his story. And, um, I mean, he, he, he'll truly be missed. You know, Scott Hall is a guy that we can sit here and talk about for hours, but you know, he was, he was, he meant that much to me and so many wrestling fans around the world and including his family and those who were close to him. So my heart goes out to them and, uh, you know, all those who are still mourning his passing and, you know, as we as fans do our best to live out his, his legacy as his fans, you know, the fandom of Scott Hall doesn't go anywhere. His influence is obvious. That's why, you know, where do you think I got the gold chains from? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Having, having, you know, everybody knows me. I always do the Scott Hall walk every time I walk through a door. <laughs> if it's a tight space, you know. In that church. Influ- yeah, same thing. That influence is always going to live live on. And, and if you thought it was bad before, trust me, I'm definitely turning it up, you know, just – you know, in remembrance of him. So, you know, one thing I noticed, one thing I noticed during this uh, time was just the impact he had on pop culture. Um, If, if I really think about it, I would, you know, y'all here, so I I got help now because I was really trying to think. I said, I think he may be one of the most influential wrestlers never to hold like a major world championship. You know, you think about, like you said, you with the chains and, you know, how many people we've seen do the walk? How many people we've seen um with toothpicks you know brother Hugh always wore toothpicks. Still always a toothpick um you know for me like his music the you know when i started playing drums 
his theme music was one of the ones I, you know, wanted to play because it was just, it's so catchy. Uh, you know, you just think about a lot of stuff and then you see people that's not into wrestling no more, but they don't just say Scott Hall at the time. Cause you, and one of the things people got to remember when he was Scott Hall, that's when wrestling was cool. But when he was raised Ramon, it was most of us were kids. And, you know, he's a lot of people's favorite wrestler. You know, I always say the perfectly built wrestlers are like Randy Orton and The Rock. But I also got to throw Scott Hall in there. And, you know, he kind of like he had a huge influence on The Rock. Pat Patterson told Rock, your punches are, you know, look at Scott Hall, you know, because you look at Scott Hall's working punches. So I think he had like. And y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, I think he had like the biggest influence in wrestling and um, people in just in general that was never a world champion. I mean, when you, when you look at the, his moments alone, you know what I mean? Uh, he had so many standout moments as far as his career in every kind of aspect of his professional wrestling career going down the line. Like when I remember the first time, the first big moment I remember was about Scott. I was watching one of the one of the old tapes. Where he a uh, one two three kid had beat him, mm-hmm. you know. I remember seeing that, and you know Scott Hall was a big deal when that happened. So for him, a one two three kid to kind of one up him and you know kickstart that feud. That was the first real feud that I remember, you know, as a kid. And then you look at what he did when he defected and went to WCW. Mm-hmm. You know, he showed up. That was an iconic moment, and and we heard we've heard that promo replicated by everybody that's jumped ship from some from what other wrestling company. To another, yeah. we've heard that's you know a version of that promo. That's that's those are lasting memories, man. Scott Hall was just a just a, a superstar, and you say, well, you know, not necessarily by WWE standards of what a superstar is, but if you have a guy that has that much influence and can that much, you know, that most wrestlers will talk about that, you know, the the title doesn't make the wrestler, but the wrestler makes the title. You know what I mean? Scott Hall was a guy that never held held a world title, but he's always been in that conversation he's always been talked about in those same circles because that's how much of an impact he had uh in everything that he did his presence his matches you know the moments that he carried even even when he popped up in uh you know in tna and they had a late run i guess 2009 2010 ish with the band you know what i mean i was so happy to see him there with 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 uh sean waltman and kevin nash you know and then you know, it's it's this so many moments. You know, even their their return, the NWO. You know, the when the Outsiders, all their promos, all the stuff that they did. Those are moments that lasted, like, in the minds of wrestling fans everywhere. Like, it impacted mm-hmm. generations. Not even just us, but like multiple. Because there's kids that watch this stuff now that still feel the same way about those moments that we did when we saw it live or when we saw it in real time. Mm-hmm. You know that's just a testament of how great he was at what he did, how he thought about the business, how his mind worked when it came to the business. So that's something that can't be replicated, but you know, you see his imprints everywhere and on on so many of our favorite performers going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Scott Hall will definitely be missed, but you know, like y'all said, uh, just, you know, great words. His legacy will definitely live on. Um, us man speaking of legacies and uh people create their legacies monday night raw stone cold kevin owens he's stone cold <laughs> pure genius talk about it man kevin owens man it just it seems like he's one of those guys where they trust his creative freedom right 
Mm-hmm. Like who 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 else would you trust in that type of spot? We we've seen this done before. We saw it with the Miz, do it with the Rock. You know, it's, it's been a ton of um superstars that have imitated other superstars, but for Kevin Owens to pull off what he did in 2022, the way that he did, I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. First of all, I was like, he looked like him because he was, you know, Kevin Owens has slimmed down so much. But right. when that music shattered, like just the way that they're teasing the live audience. And the audience at home has been really, really fun going into WrestleMania because it's a lot of twists and turns. We hear rumors, and I like the way they book in their shows. You know, when it comes to these type of segments, because they're playing off the rumors. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we re- they really never really clearly define what's supposed to happen between Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Yeah. Think about it. Stone Cold Steve Austin showed up at every WrestleMania, especially when in Texas. They never had to make an announcement about it. He just kind of showed up. Right mm-hmm. now, they're kind of like alluding to: uh, Are they going to wrestle? And they won't say if he's it's actually a wrestling match or what exactly is going on. So that's one part of it. Kevin Owens, of course, biting off more than he can chew. He, he's speaking out of turn when it comes to Austin, and that music hits. You know, cold open. Everybody thought Austin was ready to come up to WrestleMania season to address what's going on. Nope, it's Kevin Owens with a bald cap on, <laughs> and then and then he's talking and he's cutting his promo, saying his piece. And he pulls a Shawn Michaels. Right. And then when the music shatters again, he sells it like, oh, shoot. He, he unbuckles the, he, and it's funny. Here's how funny Kevin Owens is. He unstraps the knee braces. Like, come on, yeah. man. <laughs> right. Like, those, that's the first thing he did was unstrap the knee braces and look to the audience. And I was like, oh, yeah, he definitely got him again. Like, I waited for a second, just like everybody else did. Just that glass shattering is so iconic. When you hear, if like, you freeze for a minute, you freeze for a, for a quick moment. And then when he's like, oh, I got you guys again. I said, oh, yeah, he's got us eating out the palm of his hands, man. Did y'all watch the crowd reaction in the beginning? Like, when you first see, like, him walk out there, you see the crowd go crazy. And then they they came down because it was like, they. that's what gave it away for the homeboys. Like, oh, it's not him. Because, you know, the camera was zoomed all the way out, which I thought was shot perfectly, Mm -hmm. you know. And it had you believe it. Like, wait, Austin's here? And I kept thinking, I was like, you know, my TV self going, Austin ain't here because they would have advertised it. They would have said something, right? And I'm glad, like, the fans ate everything. Like, he did, like you said, having everybody in the palm of his hand, that's not easy to do. And that's something Kevin Owens is really good at. I mean, and they did it in the per- shot town. They had to do it in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Because it's, Chicago is such a raw and authentic reaction when it comes to anything professional wrestling related. That's what they're known for. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're kind of known for that, too. Uh, maybe not on the same level, but on a similar level in Baltimore. You know, we're known for mm. that. Like, you're going to get a raw, authentic reaction. And even, like, um, at the end, Philly. they, just, oh. they Philly's another one. No, you're absolutely right. Philly's another one. Philly's another mm. place. Uh, same thing. You're going to get a raw, authentic reaction. And it was, he just, he played to it so well. And they kind of got it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. for instance, when, when they threw the... the the uh, broken skull beers in the ring and he dropped it and the fans were like yeah oh like they they went up and they went down <laughs> with yeah. him and then he threw a second one and he missed it and i was like and then he fit like i thought the second one was over but just those little nuances made it fun and then at the end of it he cracks the beers over like he's ready to have a you know a beer mm-hmm. bash and he literally pours it on you know the guy who was responsible and i'm like man this is kevin Owens is the only person i know that can he becomes more popular as he gets worse with his heel, <laughs> him and Seth Rollins, man, it just, yeah. I think they've redefined what it means to be a heel because it's like, mm-hmm. it's a different type of hate. It's almost a humorous hate. It's like, oh, this guy's like, I feel like I get got every week fooling around with both of those guys. They always do something to make me like, oh, this, 
he got me again. Like just when I think something's gonna happen to him, when they're gonna catch it, nope. They they get over on me and then I'm stuck. But it's it's yeah. it's fun, man. They make the show fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I have no input, man. The man was out there just living. His life. I mean, he was that's living all a dream, I mean. man. Yeah, that's what you want to see. You know, that you was, get to see these wrestlers. That was out teenage. There that was teenage. Kid I loved over, every man. second. I loved every second of it, man. Dwayne mm-hmm. pretty much he pretty much hit all, all the good points. So, yeah, you know. um, one next was I want to move on to because uh, you said it, Dwayne. Go right into it, Seth Rollins. Um, and, and like you said, addressing the rumors. He just he was like, yeah, you know, yeah. oh now 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 I know there's rumors about a certain person. I love how they not said Cody's name, but they've been throwing things out there, the dashing references and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But what makes like a lot of people, you know, obviously the internet complain about everything, but. I'm actually, you know, at first I was like, all right, why is he facing um, Kevin Owens? Like, this is stupid because I wanted to see Cody, right? But then this week, it happens again with AJ Styles and Edge. Clearly, that's not going to happen. And I love Edge's involvement to to preserve the match that he's supposed to get because that's a personal thing right there, too. So, but then you have Seth Rollins just throwing fits, becoming, you know, make giving the internet more meme material by you know his reactions and i hope you know i I, at this point no honestly i hope we don't get cody rhodes if that's what it's going to be i hope we don't get it on raw i hope it's you know seth Rollins comes out there and then boom it happens you know yeah it's it's they they're doing a good job of taking us on this roller coaster before wrestlemania you know what i mean Mm -hmm. the build-up is a little bit different this year for some reason it may just be because of post-covid bounce back but it's like man they're they're not defining exactly what's going to happen. You know what I mean? They're kind of like, I might use this late in the game. You kind of know what you're getting yourself into. You know what yeah. I mean? And you kind of, you know, that's what this, we, we get on shows like these and we discuss, Hey, this is what's going to happen. Let's, what do we think is going to go down? But it's like, they take us all the way to about two weeks before mania, right? you know, as, as of this recording. And then all of a sudden it's like, they're really, they're really going somewhere with this. And it's been fun because it's like that. Like you said, they're not shying away from the rumors. Kind of address even Chicago at one point, just like Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes. And I was like, Oh, yeah, everybody's waiting for it, everybody's just waiting for it. And it's just like, Man, they're, they're teasing us and they're just taking us for this ride. And, and they just have the perfect guy that can pull it off. Like Seth Rollins has gone to a different level because the stories that they're telling, like, he keeps getting these opportunities. And it's like, Man, you know, WrestleMania is a week and a half away. Mm-hmm. Like, like, who, who's like, how's he going to fit onto this card? And it's I think it's smart that they have not kind of fully ran down what's going to be on the show already because in the back of your mind, say, well, maybe the show's booked already, but you don't know that because they've, they've been kind of hush hush about what's going to happen at WrestleMania. You probably got one more week before the go home show. And then it's like, okay, we're here now. But, but my question to you guys is how do you think, do you mention Cody Rhodes a week before WrestleMania to sell WrestleMania? Or do you think that WrestleMania is going to be already sold and you just save it for that for that big surprise for that moment? I'll let you go. Hugh, you go first. Honestly, I don't even think you need Cody Rhodes at this point. Like you have so many different people that's already selling WrestleMania. You gotta think the Pat McAfee match. You have uh what's the what's the dude? Logan Paul. You have all these celebrities coming in and the, the big time matches, your edge and your AJ and your AJ Styles. 
those those are the type of matches. Of course, your title match. Those are already selling. Make that they're your ticket bringer. They bring in the tickets, the big the, the big names. So, like honestly, you don't even really need Cody at WrestleMania. Well, before WrestleMania, if anything, I'm looking at him for him to show up. Maybe the night after WrestleMania, if he doesn't show up at WrestleMania for that big pop. No, that makes sense though. I mean, I, th- yeah. I, th- I think we put it that way. It makes sense. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I think because it's Seth Rollins, I think you, you know, he gets that reward of that WrestleMania match moment paycheck. I don't think you, like I said earlier, I just don't think you need him. Cody, to me, Cody's not going to make or break ticket sales, but what he will do is give you that pop, that moment when he, if he comes out, you know, and then he comes to WrestleMania, just imagine this too. One of the things they've done good about this is the anticipation. I don't think Cody Rhodes has ever been this highly anticipated or valuable in his career. Um, Cause it was no, just of like, course not. yeah, you know, he, he, he 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 was jumped right into WWE. Even when he started going on his excursion, it was like, okay, yeah, we got Cody Rhodes, but this anticipation, I just, I, you know, hear Vince saying, well, if we just tease him, then every week the cheers will get bigger and bigger and you'll be a bigger star than you've ever been. Right. And he comes out there, and I think what happens is when he walks out there, you know, he's going to soak it in. Um, you you can see him kind of doing the 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 tears and all that, just soaking everything in. Like I'm back home. I because like you, no matter where you go, you know, all in and all that other stuff, ain't nothing like WrestleMania, especially with a hundred thousand people in the stadium. So that's why I think you know he shows up at WrestleMania. Um, I mean, if he shows up at Raw, that'll be cool too. Uh, but either way, I just think he shows up at Mania. You know, I always look for the surprises. You know, at WrestleMania, I'm always looking for the moments, the surprises, and the double cross. And I think, you know, Cody will be the surprise. That's what's man so Yep. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, you, you got to remember, it, WrestleMania is about moments, right? And mm-hmm. the la- this is the last, that was the last place we saw Cody Rhodes because after that WrestleMania, he asked for his release. Oh, it was right afterwards. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. It was wow. literally... I that forgot was, about that. That was his last. I don't. I believe that was his last match in WWE in Texas. Was, yeah, was at at uh, AT and T Stadium. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And um, so yeah, I mean, I, I know that was a. It was it was a huge mo- a huge moment because that latter match was epic. You know, for the Intercontinental Championship after Neville got hurt for grabs. You know what I mean? And Matt Cardona and Zack Ryder ended up winning. But like I said, that was the last time we saw Cody, so it would just it would only make sense for him to make his triumphant return and then give us an explanation the Monday after. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? So the one thing I'm eager to see is uh how how long will he stay relevant in the WWE? You know what I'm saying? So like for instance, let's say maybe the first month he's still hot. What mm-hmm. happens month two, month three? Does he start to fall off? Does he? just become the Cody Rhodes of all and just fall in place. Like, I want to see, like, the storylines. I want, I want to see the creativity behind the storytelling just to kind of, like, keep him relevant mm-hmm. in that upper mid-card level. I don't want to see him drop again because then, like, what's the point of even bringing him back in? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, the WrestleMania moment, that's cool. All right. But now you stuck with 
what you had before. You see what I'm saying? So that's that's what I'm kind of eager to see. Yeah, I think I think Cody will be fine. I think he's proven himself at this point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think um, Cody's kind of kind of established himself as a as a as a top guy, like not necessarily a world champion type guy, but you know somebody that's always in the mix. Like you know, be, you know, before he was relatively unproven. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. outside of his dedicated storylines, if you didn't have anything for him, it was it was gone. And then. He got stuck in his last storyline, which was Stardust. That was meant to be that was meant to be a brother thing. Right. And it it, it kind of got overly popular and he kind of got stuck in it. And he and he did such a good job in it. They didn't want him to leave that when he was ready to move on. You know what I mean? But look at a guy like 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 a Drew McIntyre. You know what I mean? Right. Um here's a guy that got released that left and came back. And you know, he's been in the mix. Like Drew McIntyre is kind of established to the point where he don't got to be in a world title picture. He's always still going to be Drew McIntyre. No matter what he does, it's going to be relevant. And I think Cody's going to be in a similar spot. You know, I don't know how far he goes in regards to. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he, I think he's a, I think he's a brand. I think they know him to be a brand that can make money now. He's right, not, yeah. he's not something that they have to create for. His name draws on its own. You know what I mean? Because now, now you get that WCW jumping ship to WWE feel to it where now, you know, you we've seen Perry Saturn go at it with all the guys in WCW, but now we get to see him go at it against like Road Dog and Val Venus. And it's the fresh matchups that give people enough excitement where it's something familiar, but it's also something new at the same time. I think yeah. we'll get that with Cody because now there's there's a ton of matchups. That's the biggest thing that I've always enjoyed about that I always would like WWE over AEW or Impact or any other promotion right now. It's just that there's there's more matchups and potential to do more than um, than anywhere else because it's like one, once you have your, your your great matches and your big time matchups, then there's nothing else, mm-hmm. you know. And I and I know that it's been some critique about AEW, CM Punk having lackluster stuff going on now because it's like okay, well you didn't did everything that's worth, you know, everybody kind of drawing, but you know now you you, you kind of just dance with fresh faces and now you have to create a buzz for something new. But it's like you know there's limitless matchups, you know that uh, that I think Cody can go back and have and it's, there's so much for him to do so i you know and i'd say he he's a name that they can really play off of and you know he's a name that they can they can dedicate to his they can do more things with him and his father and his family's legacy and good conscience now because he's back with the company um so yeah i mean i, I just i don't think he's a guy that's going to get lost in the shuffle like he once was you know i can't promise what their plans are for him going forward but i know that he's he's a fan favorite he's proven to be like a diamond dallas he's 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 definitely a people's champion yeah you know what i mean like that was the one spot that he held that's that was why he was considered the hard soul of AEW. because no matter what spot he was in you know even you know people want him to turn heel it was just because they were bored with what he was doing in AEW. like there was nothing else more for him to do in a lot of other areas mm-hmm. but um i yeah, look forward to see man he was getting on him and i was like why y'all hate cody so much i didn't get it either i was, I was like so wait y'all want him to turn heel stuff like that because <laughs> I think they just were tired of the same thing every day. And I, I don't blame Cody for that. I just think that's just bad creative. You know, mm-hmm. I think that was just bad, too much freedom. There was no plan. It was just, you know, you know, plenty of people have said in AEW, there's no real creative team. There's no real agents you have to report to. You just kind of run it past Tony. And he has a final say, you know, yeah. but it's like, you know, who's going to come up with something, you know, you're, you're still writing for television, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you have to create these, any anytime you're writing for television, you have to develop characters, and you have to develop 
character arcs. So you have to figure out why this character is this way and why they're going in the direction that they're going. And that's how they write professional wrestling. That's what people don't guess why they hire TV writers now. They don't hire wrestling fans to be writers because they're writing for television. Exactly. That's that's the difference between WWE's product versus server. You don't have to like it because what it does is it does it does compromise pro wrestling because it's, you're no longer just watching a wrestling show. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, it's some people like it, some people don't. Some people prefer it, some people don't prefer. It. You know, whatever you like, you know. But I think that's the biggest thing, and I think we'll be able to see that more with the Cody Rhodes because there's more there on the there's more meat on the bone that they can do with Cody Rhodes now than they could back then with Stardust and then leaving Stardust and then trying to rebuild Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, especially during the time where he wasn't a priority, he's coming in as a priority now because, you know, he, he comes in, you know, with a whole, uh, uh, just a, a completely different air about him now. Like he's valuable, you know, he jumped shipped, you know, to a company that he helped build. So now it's like, Oh yeah, we, they're going to use that to throw, in their competition's face as much as possible. If you think Vince McMahon doesn't thrive for that, you don't know that guy very well. <laughs> so there's no doubt in my mind that creative shouldn't be a problem. But I think that's what the issue was in him and AEW. Man, he just got stale after a while. Yeah. I didn't think he was stale. I was a Cody Rhodes fan. So now, obviously, he's very marketable now too, doing TV shows and and other ventures outside of wrestling too. So and that, and that's the thing, and that's the biggest thing. He's a crossover star. So think about it. Right. Where he was back then. Is he was just a professional wrestler, right? right. But now mm-hmm. he's so much more than that. So he doesn't need professional wrestling to be happy. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? When when you're you're young, you're hungry, and you want to work, and th- yeah, but he's past all that. Like he's done all that already. Now, now he's like, look, I, now I'm ready to be a full fledged superstar. I want to be able to wrestle, but I want to be able to do PR moves. I want to be able to do host TV shows. Like guys are becoming more well rounded entertainers instead of just I want to go out there and wrestle. Right. I think that's why that's been the biggest knock and criticism against a guy like Daniel Bryan. He loves wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. But wrestling is kind of it's no longer what it's it was, <laughs> right? I mean, it's yeah. it's like it's it's cool to like wrestling and love wrestling and be all about the wrestling, but there's very little of that is because professional wrestling doesn't survive without entertainment, not in today's climate. Exactly, and I think and you, that's that's you go ahead. I was gonna say, just look what WWE look what hosting um you know holds WrestleMania Peacock. So you get them, you know, see just opportunities for Cody right there, you know, whether it's a reality show or crossover opportunity, you know, it's all it, like he has such a huge opportunity coming, and it's not like where it's like TNT where they don't like the wrestling anyway. And and and, and that's one thing, I, and and that's another thing. I think I think Cody Rhodes also comes back a smarter businessman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't think I don't think he's just this young and hungry green talent that's like i just want to come out here and wrestle and show what i can do i think he knows his value and, and and if i was a betting man i'm assuming that this that this brother probably has a lot of stuff written into that into his contract yeah that provides <laughs> him a lot of a lot of creative freedom maybe not necessarily with the wrestling product or his character but with him either doing other things or being used in other areas kind of like the miz you know, because mm-hmm. to me, to me, he's on mid step, mid status. You know, Miz, Miz, Miz's main event talent, and, and Miz is not always in the world title picture and stuff like that. But he is an established product at this point. I think yeah. Cody Rhodes has that saying. Like guys, I remember Sami Zayn said it best. He said, "Look, I, you can hear what you want about people that are either not here or used to be here." He said, "But everybody here is not disgruntled with their spot and their and, this, and their place in this company." You know, mm-hmm. and he was one of the guys that said, I'm I'm happy with what I'm doing here. He said, I feel like the part that made me resign was because I feel like 
I have the company's trust. They allow me to be creative and do what I do and have input. Like everybody wants that freedom and because they, you know, WWE is known for being a micromanaging conglomerate, right? Yep. And the biggest thing that most, you know, most talent complain about is is that freedom. You know, CM Punk complained about not being able to say what he really felt. RVD said the same thing back in one night stand at ECW that pay per view. Like, man, I got I got tired of saying cool dude or whatever that I had more to say. You know, it's about that. Bray Wyatt is another one. You know, they want that creative freedom. And once you feel like you've gained the company's trust to be that person, to have that type of freedom, mm-hmm. for some of them, they're okay with that. Like, same thing, man. Oh, I'm happy with my spot. This is who I am. And I'm, I feel like they trust me. So when I make a suggestion or I decide to do something, I'm able to do it. And that's what people value the most because when you have a guy like him, you know, he's not trying to be world champion. You know what I mean? Not to say that's not an aspiration of his, but where he is right now, he has a spot in the company that's valued and they need what he does because there's no one else in wrestling that does what Sammy Dane does, like on no show. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and then, and, and don't, and you're not going to forget who Sammy Zane is because he can shut it down better than anybody else. He can put on a five star match if need be. Right. So you're talking about a guy that's a jack of all trades, but say, look, man, this is where I'm at and I appreciate where I'm at and I'm going to keep getting better at what I do because there's nobody out there that can do what I do. I think that just, it shows a sign of security in yourself that you believe in who you are as a talent and that you're satisfied. And I think that's exactly the attitude and the approach that Cody Rhodes probably comes back to the big conglomerate to. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, he can always go back to AEW. Like, why wouldn't he go back? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like we watch guys jump ship back and forth, to the, Jeff Jarrett back and forth to WWF, WCW, WCW, multiple times, you know. So... He he could he he could go to WWE have a good run as soon as he gets stale he can go back to the AEW if they're still in existence if he wanted to, and it'll look like a big deal to AEW again because he's back home you know to them yeah. so yeah. it's, only wanna, up, it's only up from here. Yeah, I want to switch things up a little bit. We are in WrestleMania season, so let's do this. Cool. Time to travel down memory road. <laughs> uh, realness, you got anything on you watching? As a matter of fact, I am. I am watching the best of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin in the WWE section of Stupid Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> ironically, ironically, you said Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm, when um, mm-hmm. we started the show, I have WrestleMania 13 on. And it's 25 just, just, years Just watch that match, by the way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, I'm at the point where your boy is coming out because you know his knee is hurting, so he's unable to have a match. So you know he's going to be shizzle alone. <laughs> Do commentary. <laughs> uh, you know we all know this was supposed to be the rematch WrestleMania, but you you know I'm sitting here right, mm-hmm. and as we we talking about WrestleMania, thinking about a hundred thousand people, the evolution of WrestleMania, right? Mm-hmm. And you look at like this is just you know regular arena um in chicago at the uh rosemont horizon i believe just a regular arena wrestlemania 12 you know anaheim and this is before stadiums you know mm-hmm. uh not a lot yeah not a lot of um emphasis put on like anything you know of course Shawn michaels had his entrance um people may forget and, and you know me being a wrestlemania aficionado WrestleMania 8, Tatanka, before his match with uh, Rick Martel, which was like the, the calm down match before Hogan and Sid. Uh, 
he had an entrance where he had, you know, the Native Americans in the ring. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a WrestleMania entrance, you know. And, you know, they were like far and few in between. You know, you can remember DDP driving the car where like even I was listening to Kurt Angle say he wished he would have done that more. He wished he would have put more emphasis on his WrestleMania entrances. Um, sure. But, you know, you sit back and one of the things I noticed over the time, right, as I always go back and watch all these WrestleManias, you can see you can see where the business was based on where WrestleMania was, right? You look at WrestleMania 11, 12, 13, just the standard arena, 14 as well. 15, even though the Attitude Era was hot and 16, it was hot, it was still in, you know, the regular arenas. 17, 18, 19, boom, stadiums. Yeah, explosions, yep. Yeah, yeah, you know, now 20, they went back home for the Madison Square Garden, 21, and 22, back to the small arenas. The business was, you know, the, that era that everybody loves, the um, the ruthless aggression era. It wasn't mm. the attitude era, right? But mm. then it's like once 23 came, you could see like, boom, at that point, WrestleMania was selling itself. So like everybody was going to come regardless. Right, you right. Know? Yep. But uh, yeah, so, you know, we, we, we got... um. You know, those those some of the stuff I've been watching. How about you, Hugh? I know you said you was watching some stuff before we uh man, went on I, here. I, for some reason I've been on a big macho man kick, bro. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Watching all promos and WrestleMania was it three with Steamboat mm-hmm. recently. And five star, man. Five star. Um, but yeah, that's basically what I've been watching, honestly. Just just all I wanna y'all I wanna ask y'all about that match. What's that? Now that, you know, I mean, obviously there's been so many WrestleMania matches, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all both Macho Man fans. Where do you rank that match? Is there a better WrestleMania match to you than Savage Steamboat? Take a Shawn Michaels, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah for sure. Two? Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of something else. I mean, it's, it's don't get me wrong. It's it's not too many above Savage Steamboat. That's why right. it's known as Savage Steamboat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like out of, out of all the things, like that's you you know you got to be that good when like your match is, is the standard for what a WrestleMania match should be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, I mean, like anything, like I said, take Taker and Sean. Um, their last two matches were up there. I don't think anything probably beats that, but it, it's arguable though. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not too many outside your favorites, man. But when you look at Savage Steamboat for a match that was, you know, for the Intercontinental Championship, it set a pace for what a WrestleMania should be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, that wasn't just no, it wasn't a run of the mill match. It was, it was a match on a national stage that had national time that carried a show. And you got to think about the time period in which, uh, that took place and you know that our attention spans were a little bit more different mm-hmm. you know back in those days not that we were really allowed to enjoy that or you know old enough to really get into it you know when it was going down at the moment but it was right. like man you got to understand you know th- there was no distractions there was no phones there was no you know there was no radio there was nothing like when you were in that arena when you were in the stadium like you were there was you know what i mean Right. And and what was in front of you, you were dialed in. And I think Savage and Steamboat knew that. You know what I mean? So that that yeah. also 
it also affects how you have to work your match. And I think just I know I, I believe it was Savage that called the match to have everything. You know, he's infamous for having you know his his notepad and his paper with all his the entire match yeah. laid out. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's right. You know, having a dance partner as athletic and as agile and as capable as of Ricky Steamboat. You know what I mean? They they pulled off something that looks so natural, it looks so fluid to the point that that became a standard of what a certain type of WrestleMania match would even pass for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and we've seen tons of superstars try to replicate that type of magic, man. But it's just like sometimes just right time, right place, right partners. You know what I mean? And and it's 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 the crazy part is we didn't we haven't heard of anything that impactful until Sean and Taker. The, their last two you, two years later like yeah. you can pick whatever pick whatever ones you want you know what i mean either one you know those are the only ones that you hear like when you hear about a wrestlemania match outside mm-hmm. of savage's steamboat so yeah when um i mean me and brother Hugh was together over um you know brandon guy's house for 25 and i remember the moment that match ended for uh sean and taker i said that's the greatest match I've ever seen at WrestleMania. And I had watched, you know, I had been through Hogan and Rock, Austin and Rock three times, um, Brett and Sean, Sean and Razor. You know, I've been through all these matches. All, right? all great matches in their own right. All great matches. But like you said, it was just that that Sean and Taker match. And, and y'all know, like, I mean, I like Sean Michaels. I like getting on, you know, Dwayne, Corey, Blue about, you know, HBK versus Bret Hart. But no, I'm serious. I do. I like Sean Michaels. He's not like my, he's not my top, he's not my top five favorite, but I respect all his work. But like that match right there, just like, I was like, wow. And I couldn't wait to watch it again and again and again. And, um, you know, it was just, it was just something special. The same thing. Mm -hmm. Huh? No, go ahead. Yeah. You know, and. Obviously, like Savage's Steamboat, what made that match so good? Like, it's sometimes you gotta like to appreciate a match. You had to been like watching wrestling when it was happening, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not gonna appreciate um, a Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy at WrestleMania two, right? The way say my uncle would, because my uncle who was a Hulkamaniac was remember Hogan getting his ribs busted open and you know, crawling back and being determined to wrestle there, right? But right, yeah. This sure, yeah, you see the promos. You saw the promos of Savage hurting um Steamboat's throat and all that. But just taking all that aside, you just give me the match and it was just phenomenal. I think I think the only thing that came closest to it was was Brett Sean at 12. Mm-hmm. You know, the the only the only drawback that you can probably say about uh, uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart at 12 was that professional wrestling wasn't its most popular at that time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, like, like think about, think about Savage Steamboat at WrestleMania three. First of all, that was the first indoor tennis record that they really seriously broke 93,000 plus. Yeah. Right. That was a big deal. And wrestling was hot. Like it was, it was, it was, it was pop culture. It was in, it was, you know what I mean? It was it. Oh Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like I said, you have Sean Brett that, to me, will, you know, rival just as good of a match. Like, that's that's a match that we talk about, too. But that's a match that wrestling fans talk about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, it's it's confined to a smaller group because, like I said, that's a that's a classic matchup. But that was on a rough time in the business, you know. 
uh, WrestleMania 12, you know, the, the wrestling business wasn't in the greatest shape financially. So it, nor was it as popular. It wasn't it wasn't as embedded in pop culture as it would explode almost a year and a half, two years later. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's you know, that's that's the only reason why I don't I wouldn't give that the edge, you know, in all fairness. But then like I said, then you look at Taker Sean, at that point they were at the the twilight of their careers. I believe that's the am I using the correct term? You know what I mean? And it was like they were legends at that point. Yeah. And either one of them had anything else left to do. You know, although Taker would stick around for a significant um, amount of time after that, but it was like, man, look what these guys are doing. And it was like they almost put a whole roster to shame because it's like, well, how do you sit there and follow that? And then he had the nerve to follow it up the following year. Thank God it was with, the main event. Yeah, because yeah, right. you know, usually in previous past they'd have had that match before the world title match, and everybody would have been burned out. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, that is, it's mainly is about moments, you know. It, it, and it, it, and you look, you just brought up something, right? And, and mm-hmm. my bad for cutting you off, but no, you good. You, you brought up something, and, and and as you was talking about Brett and Sean, literally Bret Hart walks on my screen, right? Mm-hmm. And and you said they the matches that they had was at a time when wrestling was not at its most popular, right? Mm-hmm. The the WrestleMania twelve match. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine Bret Hart? I know we had to get the Austin. Because the way Vince McMahon runs the WWE, we would have gotten to Austin. Because mm-hmm. this is always about the new stars. But could you imagine if we could have got one like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 14? Whew. Oh man. I don't that's a tough one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh is it's like see the biggest the difference between the matchups at the time, you have to think about the individuals. And this is this is the part that's kind of conflicted. I think mm-hmm. it would be a knockout, drag out fight, but as good as Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart matches, like let's let's look at like WrestleMania 12. As good as that match was, that match could have been better. And they know that because they had both said if we had just trusted each other, there was still so much we could have, much more we could have done. Really? You know what I mean? I remember watching the Rivals DVD with mm-hmm. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. He said, "I." He said, "Shawn Michaels just says I remember just begging him to like just just trust me out there. Like I, I know we don't see eye to eye, but just please trust me." You know what I mean? You know, you know when guys have to work with each other, sometimes there's a resistance and a pull against certain things because they're protecting how they look, or you don't want you know somebody to try to pull a fast one and you know kind of bury you in in the midst of you know kind of outshining. We can't forget you. what Shawn Michaels did the year before to his best friend. I mean, yeah, but and and to be honest with you, you can't forget what Bret Hart did it to his brother-in-law, the British Bulldog at SummerSlam. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's well, they, well, they, th- that was a different story though. But the thing is, what got, I'm saying is, Davy was high. I mean, he 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 might have been, but what I'm saying is, regardless of the situation, they both went out there to do the same thing, right? They yeah. both went out there in losses and said, "I'm gonna go out here and lose. I'm gonna put you over because that's that's my responsibility." But I'm going to make myself look better than you in a loss. <laughs> so you look at the situation like, all right, Brett's like, okay, well, I got to put Davey over, no problem, because they could have easily called an audible and say, well, no, he's 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 not in best shape. We're going to change him. They ain't going to match. Bret Hart still did his job, but he that that put him to the upper echelon of out of that. I'm leaving the IC title picture because now I'm, I'm headed to the world title picture, and this loss is going to propel me. Same thing with Shawn Michaels. Okay, Diesel, they want to go with you, big man. I get it. I'm going to lose to you, but at the same time, I'm going to show you that you really can't mess with me. Like you, my guy, and we're gonna ride together, but you really can't touch me. And now I got, I got, 
I gotta show and everybody, I gotta show everybody back then in front of you, like this is why you can't really bang on me. <laughs> and then not too long after that, you know, you know, big big diesel decides that he has to go elsewhere. The next night, Vince said, All right, you know what? We're gonna make we're gonna make Sean a face. After he kept he was adamant about not making Sean a face. Yeah, because you gotta think about the psychology of what they were doing. Wrestlers mm-hmm. always talking about their movesets. Like, oh, you can't do that. That's a babyface move because the crowd's going to pop. Yeah, And, it, you know, but they're doing certain things where it's like, oh, you're supposed to be a heel. But if you're not paying attention to wrestling psychology, you're not going to pay that any mind. Like, a crossbody was a big deal because that was considered a babyface move because the fans weren't used to seeing high quote, what that was considered high-flying moves at that time. Yeah. Right? You're supposed to be a bad guy, but then you're doing a, a, a crossbody knowing the fans are going to go crazy. Come on now, what are you doing? You put yourself over. Brett said he rewrote the match with him and Owen mm-hmm. because of that. Because he said, whoa, 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 whoa. All right, Owen, all these high flying moves, these fans go cheer you. This is New York. This is Madison Square Garden. We got to switch up this whole match, you know. Um, and it's funny, you, you brought up the trust factor between Brett and Sean. And, you know, you hear about their relationship, you know, they had, be- they had more of a trust factor. I ain't going to say a better match because they've got better as they went along, but they had more of a trust factor in 92 mm-hmm. at the Survivor Series when it was, you know, Brent was in a uh, world champion, Sean was intercontinental champion. It's just nobody remembers it, you know, but it's like, man, you know, and like I said, that, that one probably would have been, you know, that would, at WrestleMania 14, you know, fantasy booking here, Brent and Sean at WrestleMania 14 would have been straight up, you know, fist the cuffs, we out there, you know, following you know the 97 survivor series you you know let's pretend brett is staying and they have the match and you know let's say sean goes over now mm-hmm. we get the ultimate you know brett finally gets his win back at wrestlemania yeah that that that'll been that would have been huge you know what i mean mm-hmm. like especially you, you kind of stick with brett austin like you said at 13 and then follow up with at 14 you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i think that would have been huge and then you probably can go back to brett austin again yeah you know what I mean? And I finish oh, up with definitely. that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Austin was rising. I know I was listening to uh, Corey Glenn and Keith on Wrestling Marks of Excellence. They do just uh, the shows now, what if? So, they take a different subject. And one of the things there was what if, um, what if it was, uh, it, it was basically what if the click, I mean, uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall didn't leave, but it led to a conversation. And Corey brought up a point that he think that would have been a triple, uh, triple threat match. Brett, Sean, and Austin, and he think they would have put Austin over. But I think you got to get, you know, it's, it's fun to think about stuff like this, but I think you eventually, like you said, you know, get to Brett and Austin later, but you get that one more match between Brett and Sean. I think I think it would have been an issue, honestly, because if if if, uh, if Click guys today, man, Sean wasn't working with anybody else besides those That's- guys. Yeah, I think I think we might have Riz Ramon having a having a world title run at some point. I said I was I was I was telling Glenn that um when we, we, we were talking on the phone because you remember that's what Brett said. Yeah, uh, Sean wanted to work with all his friends, and he said right. he could get another run out of Razor. And I think you know, and you also got to think this too with Scott Hall in WWE. He's not going to WCW. He's had under a little bit more structure. So you know, I think yeah, we probably would have eventually seen. You know, probably a heel raise Ramon. Um, yeah, I mean, being a cool probably wouldn't be hard to do. Yeah, being a cool heel and, and, and Sean, you know, Sean was that ultimate baby face in 96. You know, I think maybe even in that diesel, I mean, that Sid spot, right? Where right. Sean, uh, Sean puts over Razor, 
just so that he can get the belt back in Texas. Right. Makes sense, man. You 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 got your booking uh hat on today. Yeah, he does. I mean, hey. I mean that's that's what makes these conversations fun, man. I swear, yeah. like this is that's like even just like these what if scenarios, you know what oh. I mean? And and you take like uh facts and conversations from different guys over the years, mm-hmm. and you say, hey, I wonder what would have happened if we found ourselves in this situation. Like I I like with even with all that being said, to piggyback on what you were saying, I would have loved to see. Um, Diesel and Razor, uh, Diesel and Undertaker continue their feud out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I I thought there was still a lot of legs, and like that was one of my I, favorite feuds. I, I think Undertaker's. We don't get the streak. I think Diesel wins. And yeah, I think, you, I think you would have to because yeah. you gotta think. You gotta also, just back. think about WrestleMania booking too, right? Usually, it's not too many like faces, faces, faces as we get moving forward. So I think. That's the heel win in the semi-main event because you know you're going Sean with the ultimate, you know, boyhood dream. What what does Taker have to lose at WrestleMania though? Well, like, see, at they, that time like, it wasn't a thing. You know, I think the streak just was a happenstance. Sure. They said you it know, was. I, yep. yeah, I went back and you know looked at it numerous of times, and I'm like, it 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 was just because of the stories that he was involved in. Mm-hmm. It made sense. Like it wouldn't have made sense for him to lose the cane. It wouldn't have made sense, to, obviously, Giant Gonzalez. Um, but Diesel in this case, because you know, like you said, it would have had legs to it. You could have mm-hmm. had Taker lose. That makes sense. Okay. I mean, and and that's and this crazy part is like 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 brother, you just said I could I could have easily see it still going that way. Mm-hmm. So man, that's just man. Yeah. This is my favorite time of year, bro. Yeah, yeah. Ed Fry's 2002 on uh, Twitch. Thanks for watching. Uh, he said, "With the curtain call never happens, then Triple H wins the King of the Ring." See that? See this is we got see this is that's the best part about having people on Twitch because you just you got these live wrinkles. Because think about it. Yeah, you and so add does, another. Yeah, it's right there. And then, see, that, yeah, huh? that goes. But see that that just throws another wrench in the development of like The Rock, right? Because yeah. you get. You get a uh, Triple H isn't, isn't isn't king of the ring, right? You get well. I'm supposed to wait. Triple H is king of the ring at that point. You don't. So you the don't Austin get, 360 never happens. It never happens. Come on, man. That just. <laughs> I mean, you so could stop the conversation no right there. <laughs> like, that means what, no what NW. are we? Nothing. Like, what are we even talking about at that point? No NWO. You know what I mean? Well, let, let me ask y'all this: We saw Stone Cold coming, right? Yeah. Did he need the Austin 316 promo in order to get to where he got to? I'm still not a fan of it for obvious reasons, but he needed it, though. Because yeah, when you look at the empty cultural impact that it had, because I mm-hmm. remember every interview you hear Michael Hayes, I think it was the last one I listened to, he was like, look, the next day, like, I told him, like, hey, hey, you can't say that. But the next day, the fans made the decision. Mm-hmm. There were signs. He said this is before T-shirt even happened. There were signs everywhere, and that was back when signs were like it like it looked like a littered grass. It was just everyone had a sign. You know what I mean? You remember when Raw used to open up back in the day, and it was nothing yeah. but signs everywhere, right? You know what I mean? People had they saw it everywhere. They they made the decision for what it was, and I just think, man, like we saw Austin coming, but I didn't I didn't see him coming that hard. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, like I'll be the first to admit it because when he when you look even when you look at old stuff, you look at Austin from 
the 98 Royal Rumble by the time he gets to WrestleMania 14. Those are two different awesomes. He looks so much, <laughs> he looks so polished and ready. And then literally like, oh nah, he's he's ready for that moment. And then, yep. and then at Monday, it just looked like you know the Austin era started. I, like no one had to tell you you saw it. It was like, mm-hmm. oh nah, we're here now. Like this dude wasn't gonna wait. And like you watch him climbing up from 97 to 98. Like, you know, he's kind of over exaggerating and he's extra over the top. But by the time he gets World Rumble, you see it, you know what's happening. By WrestleMania 14, you see him walking down the hallway with his leather vest on, locked in, ready to go. I said, oh, nah. That awesome era was going to happen one way or another. That's a good point. Now you got me thinking, have we ever seen that? Like, and either way, right? Have Mm -hmm. you ever seen? Because essentially, that's what they wanted with Roman Reigns in 2015, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted, okay, Roman ain't ready. He wins the Royal Rumble. He ain't ready. But by the time WrestleMania gets here, he will be ready, which he wasn't, right? Mm-hmm. You can make the argument with Seth Rollins in that case. Seth Rollins, like, that match was that. That was the night of the triple threat match, if I'm not mistaken, with him and Cena and Brock, where he's like, okay, he grew up that night. But by the time we got to WrestleMania, the next night, it was the Rollins era. Yeah. You know? He was, uh, uh, he, he goes from losing to Randy Orton. Yeah, early in the night. Going early in the night. And, and and he has a and he once again he has a separate WrestleMania. He, here's how good you you gotta be you gotta be that good to have two major WrestleMania WrestleMania moments in one night. Mm-hmm. Like he has he has one of the most iconic and epic RKO finishes in the history of the books, and then turns around at the end of the night and he gave us what we wanted. That was like we did not want Roman to beat Brock <laughs> that night. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, the Rollins era began, and then that that just jump started his entire like main 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 event like run. You know what I mean? Like that established him as a main event player. And you look at his longevity from where he started twenty fourteen ish, uh, thirteen fourteen to now. You know what I mean? He hasn't been world champion for for the last three four years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And that's the beauty of it. It's like, yo, that's when you become, like we were talking about with Cody Rose, that's when you become an established player where everything you do is the main event. Like, mm-hmm. like, like I would never look at Seth Rollins and say, oh, yeah, he's a mid-card guy. Nah, he's a main event player. So everything he does has value to it. He's not fighting for a spot or attention. Just that, no, he when this when he comes out at 8.30, whether it's 9.30, whether it's 10 o'clock, whether it's 10.45 to, or 10.50 going to 11.05, Seth Rollins is an established player. And he's been that way ever since he broke into that main event scene. There was never a point in time where we saw Seth Rollins at the top of the card and say he doesn't belong there. Mm-hmm. Right. And that all started with these WrestleMania moments. Like, of course, you know, the shield and all that stuff that took place, but those moments were standard solidified in history at WrestleMania. And that's what WrestleMania is about. That's what all these, you know, up and coming, what you call us, need to strive for. You know what I mean? So. It's just it's crazy. Like I so said, we just we've gone into so many different scenarios, and like I said, it just it's there's these flashpoint moments where you could you could really mess up the timeline of professional wrestling and its history if mm-hmm. one situation doesn't happen or something happens over the other. Yeah, <laughs> I, was thinking, I was just thinking like possibly there's no attitude error at all. It, it wouldn't be because if the curtain call doesn't happen, corner. yeah, if the curtain call doesn't happen, then you have the the whole Austin and and McMahon. The, McMahon is the greatest heel of all time. So it's like, yeah. you might not even have that. Right. 
Uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart will still be fighting over who's at the top. There it is. You know what I mean? The Rock, the Rock will still be fighting to get to where he needs to be at because we don't get Rock Austin, Triple H. Uh, we don't get we don't get DX the way we want DX. We don't get DX. You know what I mean? Like we don't we don't know if X Pac even comes over mm-hmm. from you know which which I'm assuming he would, but does he have the same impact when he cuts that promo? Right. You know. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> because he, he, he came he fired. He gets mm-hmm. fired oh, with the neck injury, right? He comes over, and that was the new version of DX. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Shawn Michaels goes out. Triple H comes out the next day. That Monday, he cuts the promo. It's a new version. It's a new DX. I'm taking DX to a different height. They finally add the Outlaws. They add X-Pac. He another they, they... one who grew up overnight, though. Yeah. Yep. You know, he went from being the sidekick to the leader. And like he said, it was either sink or swim. I mean, it, it, that's, it, it's... It's a wow, true testament. Fourteen was so pivotal. It, it and I, and that's the word. Like when you really watch it, and then you watch that next night, that Monday, it mm-hmm. changed everything. Like it years ago, we in season one or season two, we did our top WrestleManias, and I remember you saying it like why it was like one of your favorites. But like to talk about this now, like you really see how it was pivotal. My bad, I just had to get it up. No, nah, it really is though, because when you watch when you watch Raw the week before WrestleMania. And do you watch Raw the week after WrestleMania? It's not the same. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When when that glass shatters and, and Austin comes down with that winged eagle. And it's funny because I'm literally watching him. When I talk, I'm watching Austin in this hallway walk to this <laughs> match. Which from, I'm like, that was a different Steve Austin. By the time he got to that point, he was locked and he was ready. But you see that same Steve Austin come down with that winged eagle. He looks at Austin. I mean, he looks at McMahon with the new title, throws down the old title, grabs new title, and the Austin era begins. And then we get Mr. McMahon again, because the, the last time we really saw Mr. McMahon in that character was over Brett Screw Brett, and it kind of fizzled after that, right? Oh, okay. Right. But, right. but then we see the seeds being planted for this character because that was the first time they said McMahon actually embraced the fact that he was owner or chairman of the WWF at the time, and they was and they were showing us where they were going without even without us even knowing we just knew him as mcmahon the announcer but then mm-hmm. he kind of kind of you know hey, look i'm I'm in charge of the company it's kind of well known and austin you got to do things though you're we're going to address the elephant in the room you're not the prototypical wwf superstar but he was the face of a new generation for the way the world was at the time yeah very anti-system very anti-structure you know and he was like okay now we have this interesting, this interesting dynamic between someone that's at the head of your company versus the authority, mm-hmm. and 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 this dynamic just kind of naturally grew, and the fans just ate it all up, man. We lived off of it, <laughs> yeah. Like we lived off of it. Like we went to school every day and church and Sunday school and stuff just for these moments, right? These moments gave us life. Not to mention what was going on across the street, you know, in WCW and what the NWO was doing. This right. is what I tell people, man. This is what I be trying to tell people about. Like, yeah, I, I, I love wrestling, and the Ruthless Aggression era was cool, but it didn't give us that feeling that when we, you know, me and Brother Hugh, I couldn't wait till Tuesday yes. because I didn't have cable. So night, <laughs> I didn't have cable, so I couldn't wait till Tuesday to bug this dude. And, and mind you, in seventh grade, he sat in front of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yo, support. So what happened last night, <laughs> bro? I lived. I lived off Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I had to go to bed at a certain time. 
My mother mm-hmm. wasn't playing none of that. So right. I only got to see an hour at WCW, nine yeah. o'clock. I was in the bed. Now my parents was my parents was was going through a separation at the moment, right? So mm-hmm. we was going like my you know in between like uh, my mother worked that night, so it was this gap between when my father would come over and stay with us while my mother would go work nights, and you know of course my my father said that's to bed early when we were younger because he wanted TV to himself. I didn't realize that till I was older. But man, you you missed you didn't we didn't have from nine to eleven, man. I was like, man, I got to about nine thirty to figure out what's going on, and and then I, all I knew was Tuesday morning, bro, bro, mm-hmm. what happened? Talk to me. And somebody either taped it. Somebody said, "Listen, I taped Sunday Night Heat too, so you gotta watch Sunday Night Heat first, and then you watch Monday Night Raw, and you, you know go from there." We only had one TV with cable in the house at the time, so <laughs> you know what I mean. Like you just couldn't, you know. Yeah, like when it was just us, we could kind of take grabs of the TV and watch what we wanted to watch. But it was other people in the house. Man, you, you had to do what you had to do. But my my, my grandmother, man, when she rests in peace, her she was a real one. One day she just got wind, like told my aunt, "Hey, r- record raw for Brian," and that was like in uh, it, it was after it was on the road to the raw. You know what? What it was is I had spent the night over her house that like the summer of 98 i mean uh christmas break of 98 and no we was watching rock bottom the the, the sunday night heat before rock bottom remember those how you watch sunday night heat yeah. and every day she was like after like that after that that monday she was like yeah record raw for brian and it was that way for the rest of the you know until she uh passed away so man, those was epic, man. See those those are priceless memories. They'll never go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Always embedded in your brain, man. And that's and that's why we do what we do, and we have these discussions, man. It's and and yeah. I'm I'm grateful for the network. You know, I know I I give Peacock a hard time about it, and <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. But man, to me, it's got to be one of the to be able to preserve those memories and have so much new and original content about you know, and from the, from the perspective of those who were involved, man. It's just. It helps. Yeah. It's 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 a good time kind of engaging the conversation, especially during this time of year. Yeah, I love listening, like you said, listening to just like people, you know, when they talk about like those who was involved, you know. Uh Ed says he was in the building when Austin won the title at WrestleMania 14. And he said as at 14 years old, it was unreal. And he was an HBK fan and he cried, but the pop was unreal. I'm like, you know, I'm when really- I watch it. Where's he at? I'm literally watching WrestleMania 14. Like I'm on this best of WWE Austin. That's literally the match. Like they're in the yeah. ring squint off right now. Man, you know. <laughs> and um uh, and, and it's just like like I said, you know, those attitude era WrestleMania's, um, they might not always go down like in history, but like you said, just the feeling of the lead up, the you know, getting ready for for me it was WrestleMania 15. It felt like forever. And it was Rock and Austin. I just Bro, couldn't wait. What Rock Austin <laughs> and WrestleMania fifteen? Mm-hmm. Bro, yeah, that yep. that to this day, yo, like that's my like that one will always that first one will always stand out in my mind because that was yeah my that was the perfect time and perfect place. That was my favorite version of the Rock. That was my favorite version of Austin. You know what I mean? Okay. And don't get me wrong, those matches only got better. But I remember that first one was just like to me that was. The epitome of what the attitude era was like the the fact that Steve Austin had an equal, such yeah. as The Rock, and just The Rock just exploded onto the scene on, on, on the same level, and they would have to compete for 
you know, who's the top drive. We you know when, when Austin got injured or he was out, you know, the Rock had his run and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then like I said, and then you had guys that that kind of came into the mix that like Mick Foley. Mick Foley yeah. exploded onto the scene, you know. The Undertaker reignited who the Undertaker was. You know, Triple H decided to come out of the, you know, the ghost of the Generation X and become his own man, as much as I didn't like it at the time. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? There's, just, there's so many things that just came from it, just the, the natural and professional jealousy and competitiveness of where the business was at the time. And to see, a, you know, just what came from it. You know what I mean? And that's when they had competition. And, and that's know. and that's what it was though. Like it was just, and it it wasn't and it wasn't just coming from one side. You know, you had ECW that was kind of putting the pressure because they were, they were kind of just letting loose on such a small level, and mm-hmm. they they didn't care. You know what I mean? And and WWE had this way of saying, well, shoot, we can take this this same concept and take it to this mainstream, you know, to this main television audience and kind of do it our way, you know, with with known characters that people are familiar with, you know, rather than people you may not have always been aware of an ECW and, and just do some amazing things, man. And like WrestleMania 15 to me, that was the, that was the, like, it wasn't, it was the first attitude era WrestleMania for me. And I was like, you know, technically 14 was, you know what I mean? That was the mm-hmm. beginning of it, you know, but 15 was kind of like, okay, we're here now. This is, this is this era. And then it just it's, kept going from there. It's, it's one of my favorites to watch from start to finish because, you know, for the longest time it was, one I was saying was the you know the best WrestleMania well, really for two years because then seventeen happened. But for me it was because I think every match I remember literally the stories in every match and and people give Vince Russo a hard time, but that's one thing you know I always give him credit for. Like everybody had a story, you know whether it was Sable and Tori's story, whether it was Undertaker and Boss Man, you know when we were still trying to figure out who this higher power was or if it mm-hmm. was um you know uh ryan shamrock being involved you know with the guys who going after the intercontinental championship you know at wrestlemania 14 gets set to come on now my tv because uh 13 is over you know and ed says he was second balcony fleet center over the interest ramp you know um <clears throat> it was it's man like i said these moments like you said wrestlemania's for the moments you know, and, and and like you know, me and brother Hugh got to, you know, attend WrestleMania 28, just being down there, you know, just taking it all in. That was my first time ever seeing Diddy. You know, you see all the celebrities come out, <laughs> and, and, and real this, you want to see brother Hugh dance, man. <laughs> he marked out when he two points he marked out when Shawn Michaels' music hit. Oh my gosh! And, and, and when Diddy came out. <laughs> crazy man i've seen Hugh cut a rug once or twice in my day man that's that's gotta be i'm mad somebody didn't record that yeah, it, it, i had a part when Shawn michaels coming out it's somewhere and you see he was just going like rocking back i think your best friend has it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you, you stupid <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, man, WrestleMania moments. Y'all good? Hey, don't just going back to uh great WrestleMania matches. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The end of an era. Oh, oh. that Hell in a Cell match was everything. I just watched that Sunday. <laughs> that was everything, and it, it was it was ten times more special. You know, since I was there, of course. So I'm gonna be a little bit more biased. Oh, y'all did see that one? Yeah. yeah. 
That was oh my god. When they lowered the music to Metallica too, memory remains. <laughs> I was but, like, whoever's idea was that should get a thousand dollar bonus instantly. I mean, that's that 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 had to have been a special moment, right? To for you guys to it was lovely. You guys got a chance to witness the beginning of it, right? From a distance, but then you kind of got a chance to watch the end of it in person. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Like you can't replicate like, like I said, that goes back to what I just said to Brian H and his members about his uh his late grandmother. You can't like you can't you don't pass those moments up. Like they'll never go anywhere. Yep. You know what I mean? To sit there and you live through that era and then you kind of watch it culminate to what it was. You know what I mean? You know, although mm-hmm. all three of those guys would still continue to do what they did, but it's just like, man, it was so much psychology. So much symbolism, so much was said without saying a word. You know what I mean? And I think that's, you know, that's the beauty of why we enjoy what we do because it's it's a lasting power. Like when you can do something like that to imprint in the mind of anybody watching what you're doing, come on, man, that's impactful. And that's you know, he, and I think that's what Manny's about. It's funny you say uh, you know, storytelling psychology. Uh it takes me back to a year before. Uh, when we was at school in the halls of Morgan State University, and and this is what I knew. I knew, but without knowing that uh, me and the realness was gonna print money together. Um, when we was talking about WrestleMania 27, and it was um, some, oh, I had to work back in the Almighty Blue Boxes, the Wayne calls it, and um, so I missed the Undertaker promo with Triple H, and I called him. I said, "Oh, so what happened on Raw tonight?" He was like, "Oh." I said, what do I need to watch? Because I'm a, you know, fast forward through DVR. He was like, watch The Undertaker and Triple H. And this is their match leading into WrestleMania 27. He was like, those guys went out there and proved that nobody else is on their level. Like, nobody. I was like, okay. You know, and and, and that's when I, like, that was the first time I, like, the WrestleMania was the first time I, I experienced the realness of the real Dwayne Allen's intelligence and superior wrestling intellect. That was a lot of adjectives. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> I just wait. Legion of Doom faced Nation of Domination two years in a row. One was the Chicago Street Fight, and then the other when they was LOD. I don't like LOD two thousand. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were they were trying to switch some things up. I yeah. mean, I you know, it was sunny. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, we we you know I keep saying this. I'm gonna say it every year till it happens. I, I Hollywood, yo. Hey, <laughs> the Brotherhood got to be in the building. The Hollywood. We that's what to. that's that's a good one, man. I think that's the one that'll that'll. I think John Cena shows up at that one. Mm-hmm. I think um Rock goes into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and, uh, you know I think we get like a Rock versus Roman type situation. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a good one, man. I, you know that that beautiful new stadium out there. So yeah, you know every time they create a new stadium, Vince is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, put, put us on the list, please. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, I, I just I'm that one thing I definitely want to do is like, and and I and, and why we're kind of having this, why we're all here, we want to have an on the air meeting. Like we got to start documenting and recording more stuff that we do, even though we, we have, we just gotta like do a better job of like getting audio and stuff like that because. Like I want to do a full fledged, like documentary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's my like. I, I know Brian did one, so now I got to do one. <laughs> like when uh when Brian went to his first WrestleMania, that joke yeah. was that joke was done really really well. I was like, man, this Thank is really you. good. 
<laughs> like it, like he 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 produced the heck out of that one. Like I was young in the game. <laughs> yeah, that was and it was early, man. What year was that? Two thousand what eleven? Twelve. What year was it twelve? But I start. Yeah, I started working on it. Yeah, in two thousand twelve. It's funny because I would go back and look at that stuff now. The my my mom and sister always laugh at my dad because he says a line in there, and it's like, yeah, be what you be the best you can be. If you're gonna be a drunk, be a good drunk. And they just <laughs> <laughs> they just like look at it like okay. what. Really bad. Because <laughs> Meg is doing an interview and I'm sitting there recording. So so he drops that line, you know, because it's just like them talking about, you know, knowing I wanted to go to WrestleMania and, you know, it's finally happened. And it's like, yeah, you want to be a drunk? Be a good drunk. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I know the stuff you will put together, man. It's going to be, it's going to be lit. Off the wall, man. Nah, man, I'm 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 excited about it, man. This is like I said, this is just this is what makes it fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm blessed to be at this age and still be as passionate about it as I was when I was a kid. But it's in a different way, you know. Some yeah. things that we have when we're younger, some things we're passionate about, we can't always carry it with us. But it's a blessing that we have something in our lives that we can continue to carry with us, and just you know continue to pass it on to other people as well. You know what I mean? And Listen to their, you know, their stories and the things they enjoyed and what made things fun for them too, man. So I'm appreciative of it. You know what I mean? And that's that's part of the art form of what we do. We produce these type of things. So man, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, actually, that was a battle royal. That's what it was. I just saw the LOD coming out. Cause I know somebody yep, go yep, yep, yep. You uh, there was not that. You know, was, I actually had um wrestling cards from that mm. night i had a sable like you know trading cards like top deck i had a sable one a lod 2000 and a couple of i don't know where they came from but yeah i had i had those years ago this is crazy the amount of like wrestling stuff it was out there like in the ad to there you had yo-yos i mean that, that, that they were just handing out licenses left and right mm-hmm Heck yeah, That's the greatest era. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But uh yeah, do y'all have anything else before we get out of here? No, man, I appreciate you brothers, man. It's been it's been uh it's been a real re- refreshing conversation mm-hmm. uh tonight on, on on our show tonight. Man, it's just been uh like I said, it's it's tough to keep what we do pure. You know what I mean? It's it's you say to yourself, well, how do you keep something as silly as professional wrestling pure in these type of conversations but you know what we what we're watching may be pure entertainment man but those memories are real yeah you know what i mean those feelings that we have are real you know what i mean and you know you got the brotherhood in the mix and we're having a conversation in public mm-hmm. you know what i mean because that's all this is this is stuff we talk about every day man but we get a chance to come out here and get people involved and then like i said they can get their input and just it just adds so much wrinkles it's these good conversations man and it's mm-hmm. almost like a chance to reflect on these memories and every year at wrestlemania you know whether we're together or not we're all watching that same that same show yeah. you know what i mean and then when we get together we're going to have those conversations again and again and again and again and as long as we continue to find ways to keep enjoying these moments of WrestleMania and those moments continue to be special, man. We'll have so many great memories to last for a lifetime. There's so much craziness right now going on in the world. 
you know what I mean? But to take a moment and just kind of enjoy what we do, man, I, I can't, I can't thank y'all enough. So I, it's, it's WrestleMania season, man. It puts you in a different space mentally. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> he, he was the S. He was like, send out. Yep, that was good enough. Yep, that yep. works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, for me, like, um, it's always, you know, it's always fun. Uh, I, I, I see stuff people trolling in the wrestling realm group on Facebook. You're not on Facebook, join it. Um, but th- if you are on Facebook, join it if you're not in a group. But people say, How excited are you for this WrestleMania? On a one to ten, three, two, or negative ten. I'm like, Look, not that serious, you know. It's really uh, not, though. It's, it's WrestleMania, you know, and I think when you get through your head that it's about moments, it's about crossover appeal. For many people, they are actually people the same way there are people who don't watch football but watch the Super Bowl. There are people who do the same with WrestleMania. Bingo. <laughs> you know, and with it being on Peacock, you're going to put people who are going to draw money. It's just the same reason Stupid why it's named WrestleMania Backlash. Because of Peacock, you know, because you want to get those other people. And Ed, we appreciate you. They appreciate you guys tonight. It was a great listen. Appreciate you tuning in and supporting. You know, yeah, um, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, so chiming in, man. We love we love your input, man. Thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. Like especially sharing your memories. Uh, you know, you're the first person I ever talked to that was that was at WrestleMania 14. So that was pretty cool to hear. That that was dope, man. The fact like <laughs> it was crazy because I'm literally I'm telling you, I'm literally watching this. That's a WWE and as he was talking about it, like mm-hmm. literally the match was just about to start. Yeah, and I'm like, man, see that's see that's look even even in the podcast, you still haven't wrestled many moments. That was a moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he just <laughs> happened to be tuning into what we were listening to tonight, and he said, "Hey, listen, I was there." And I'm like, man, we're having a whole conversation about it, and then I'm watching it while we <laughs> while we had this conversation, man. That's exactly. what WrestleMania does for the people. Gives yeah. us moments. Exactly. That's the name of the show. <laughs> WrestleMania is about the moments. Boom. There it is. <laughs> but uh, all right, folks, we'll catch y'all. Uh, ne- well, I don't know. Y'all might be here next week. Y'all know I'm going to be in Dallas next week. Um, so maybe y'all catch the real Dwayne Allen and Brother Hugh, and I might be able to call in depending on the schedule because I've seen the agenda and it's, it's wild. Same but I can't bad wait. Time. Same so, bad place. <laughs> So if you're in Dallas, make sure you come holler at Brian H. Waters. And we can, uh, yeah, chit-chat. The wrestling community going to be out there. The Black Wrestling Coalition going to be out there. And, yeah. <laughs> Till the next time, folks. Too sweet. Too sweet, baby. Brian Waters.